Welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner, and on this podcast, we chat about living healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. From fitness to relationships to business, we really cover it all. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Healthy to Me. Today's episode, we actually have a guest on, as you saw by the title of the podcast. I'm having my friend Tamara Anthony on. She is such an incredible girl. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. She is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful presence to follow on social media. She posts all things fitness, wellness, nutrition, lifestyle. I know so many people have been inspired by and motivated by and impacted by her recipes, her workouts, her Trader Joe's hauls on TikTok. Everything that she puts out there is just really positive and fun and inspiring. And I love that she also shares the real things she goes through and the struggles too. In this episode, she got super vulnerable with us, which I'm so incredibly thankful for because that is really hard to do, especially on a podcast. And she is just so strong and so beautiful in sharing her struggles with being impacted by mold in her apartment and experiencing an autoimmune response because of that. She shares some of her insecurities that have come about because of that and how she's worked through them and shown up authentically as herself throughout that process, which that part of this conversation I think is gonna touch so many people, regardless of if you find yourself in a similar situation to what she's gone through or a totally different situation. We talked about a little bit how we're all going Going through something, whether you see it physically or not, we're all going through something. So I think her insight and her advice and just her story is going to be really helpful to anybody who's listening. We also talk about all things social media, her tips for growing and being most authentic on social media as she can, while also prioritizing, you know, her personal and social life. We talk about her recent breakup, how she's getting through it, how she's growing into a new version of herself. You guys, she is just a firecracker of advice and insight and knowledge and wisdom and just so much fun to talk to. So I'm very very grateful for her coming on today and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. With that being said, let's invite Tamara onto the podcast. Tamara, welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. Hello everybody. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Bryn. Ah, you guys, this is so awesome. We were just catching up a little bit before, but I was like, wait, we need to do the full thing on the podcast. This is yeah. so fun to have a friend that I haven't been able to catch up with in how long has it been now? Like it's been over a year. A year, at least a year. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we keep up with each other kind of on Instagram with DMs and stuff, but being able to sit here and have a full, like, we're going to talk for 45 minutes. I am over the moon excited about this conversation. I love this. There's so much to talk about. I feel like both of our lives have changed so, so much. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, For those that do not follow you yet, or people that maybe haven't heard your full introduction, give a little intro of who you are, how old you are, any little facts you want them to know about you. Absolutely. Hello, everybody. I am Tamara Anthony. I'm 25 years old. I live in California. Um, I started doing social media, kind of all fitness and health related about what, two, three years ago now. I always say COVID time because that's when I finally got the time to be able to even do something like that. Um, And I started sharing my story and I've been in this beautiful journey ever since. And yeah, it's kind of my little ride. I've gotten my personal training certificate degree in kinesiology. So a little bit of knowledge there, but mainly we're just, we're living life. (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying to remember when I first started following you, I think was it before we met the first time where we following each other already? Or did we like make a connection after? We were definitely following each other before. Okay. But then the first time we met was at Nikki's little photo shoot thing. Nikki's photo shoot brought me you and Olivia. 
Oh my gosh. Shout that out. is wild. Shout fitness, activewear. <laughs> shout out. If you guys don't know like this area era of what we're talking about, this is when I first moved to LA. Tamara was in San Diego. Dude, it was a little era. Yeah, I was in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. And then we ended up going to a photo shoot of our mutual friend together and we met there and we went to a couple events together. We hung out a lot in LA, did a couple of workouts, just connected really well over there. And Tamara always stuck out to me. She has the most amazing personality. She's so vibrant and funny and authentic and just an awesome human. So I'm really excited for everything we're going to talk about today and get to share some of her story with you guys on here. Um, Tamara, I want to hear first, what got you into fitness? Like what was the moment you decided I want to start an Instagram or I want to start sharing my story about fitness or about nutrition and just everything in the wellness space? I fitness is, I mean, working out's always been an outlet for me ever since I was little, I was always moving my body in some way, whether it was dance or tumbling or had a random year of pole vault in high school, which was a fun opportunity, but I've always just been (laughs) moving my body. It's even my family. Like my parents met, my dad took my mom's cycling class. So we're just all kind of, yeah, super cute. No way. That's how me and Lucas met. I hate to interrupt. No way. That's how we met. That's crazy. That's adorable. Yeah, they met (laughs) my mom's class, but we've always just kind of been an active family. And I never realized how much it really impacted my life. Of course, it's like to stay in shape and to stay healthy, but without fitness, I literally feel crazy. Like that's how I get all my emotions out. It's my therapy session. Like it, it's how I maintain having a normal headspace. So I've just always stayed fitness or I've always stayed involved in fitness. And then when college came around and I wasn't really doing any more sports, I really focused in on the gym a lot. I remember training my freshman year roommates. I'd take them to the gym and I'd like walk them, all three of them through like a whole <laughs> workout. And it'd be like I a little girls and I all going through the same exercises and I just always loved it. And then I started working in gyms. I started coaching random classes at like a UFC gym when I didn't even coach. And it just, it's always been such a comfortable place for me and just an outlet. And so when COVID came around, I wasn't in school anymore. I didn't have the gym. I didn't have any exercise or basically any distraction in my life. So I was like, what am I going to do with all this time? And I had people in my life already saying, you should start a health account or you should start a fitness account. You should post workouts. What do I do for this, this, and this? And it's right when TikTok started becoming a thing during COVID. And I feel like you jumped on it at the same time. There's kind of like all of us that were like, huh, what's this TikTok game? Let's try it out. I started posting my workouts on there. All of a sudden there's like a stream of people coming in and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really becoming something. And then I started Instagram and here we are. It's been literally the best thing ever, but I just wanted to share my passion for fitness and show my side of it and how it's not really a discipline thing. It's more just, this is my lifestyle and this is how I have always loved to move my body. And this is what my life has always looked like. And let me show you how you can kind of incorporate it into yours. I love that. I love from your TikToks, by the way, I watch like it's whenever I have friends, I'm like, I wonder if my friends actually watch my content. I watch all of your stuff too, T. I love it. I consume it. If I wasn't your friend, I would be like, I want to be friends with this girl. She's incredible. And your TikToks, I think they portray fitness in such a fun way. Like I love your workout videos because you just make it feel like it's not something you have to do. You make it feel like it's something that you just wake up and you're excited to do and you goof off in between sets and you're dancing. And it just looks like 
very fun and lighthearted. And I think a lot of times on social media, it can be seen as like something we need to compare. Like, what am I doing compared to what this girl is doing? Or like, I have to do X, Y, and Z to be this or to look like this or whatever. And I feel like your videos and your content in general just takes breaks that barrier down. And it just kind of makes it feel like more of a, like you said, a lifestyle, a fun part of your life that isn't so overly serious. And I love how, how you were talking about it's an outlet. Like that's really, truly what it is. And of course, like if we all, if anybody said that we didn't work out somewhat to like make our body feel good and feel confident, like that would be a lie. Like we all have a little aspect in our head, you know, but I think what's important is that it's the core reason behind it is more so about the internal wellness and feeling good and letting that stress relief and all the good, like internal things. And then, you know, the physical part of working out is just like a little bonus, like cherry on the top, you know? And I think you portray that really, really well. Absolutely. And I think it's so, I mean, having that, exercise as a habit in your life, it needs to be fun for it to be consistent. And I think a lot of people look at exercise or working out in general, like, okay, that's a big commitment. Seems really hard. They start thinking about counting calories. Am I going to be bulking? Am I cutting? Do I have to go on this meal plan? Do I have to do all that? And it seems like this super intense process because there are people that take it to that super intense lengths and whatnot, but it doesn't need to be like that. And I feel like it's so much more beneficial for you and your body when you find a way to make it enjoyable and make it fun. And maybe your way of movement is aerial yoga and you're upside down swinging from ropes, or maybe you're squatting 300 pounds in the gym, but it's really whatever makes you happy. I think it's going to take you the furthest in it. I totally agree. I love that. What is your favorite type of workout? Like explain for listeners that maybe haven't seen your content yet. What's your go-to? What type of workouts do you love? And what is kind of like your workout schedule look like, I guess? I am so random. Like I, I can't commit. I cannot commit. I am a girl. I'm a Pilates girl. I'm a walking girl. I've gone through run phases. I, when I say that I like to keep things fun, obviously that means things are going to switch up in my life because I'm not doing the same thing every single day. I wake up and do what makes my body feel best. But for the most part, I love to lift a little bit of weight. I love to create that tension on my body. I like to feel a little bit of a muscle pump, but I also like some explosive movements that make me feel athletic. So I like to get my heart rate up. I like to sweat. I like to get that like lung, that breathless feeling in my lungs when I leave the gym. It makes me feel really good. So I'm kind of an, I incorporate lifting, um, some hip exercises, sprints, and Pilates movement. I'm kind of a combination of all of those things. Um, I'm definitely not, yeah, I don't stick to one thing for very long. And these things might be all in one week together, or I might lift for a week straight and then do Pilates for a week straight. It's really whatever. <laughs> I'm very similar to that. Um, have you ever tried cycle syncing? Do you have any experience with that? Okay. No. And I, okay. I think I somewhat do it a little bit naturally because when my period comes around and we're entering into that phase, there's no way I'm like leaving my bed, like yeah. lifting and all that thing. I'm like, no way, but I'm not to the point where I'm like, okay, this is this week. And this is the, one I need to flow into. I'm more just waking up. And if my body's screaming that it's exhausted, I'm not going to make it do something. I'm kind of working with her that way, but I don't really prioritize it that much. Do you? 
Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the same way with you. I did a lot of research. And so I did follow for one month of my cycle. I did follow like an exact, like now you're in your luteal luteal phase. Let's do this type of workout. Now you're in follicular. Let's do this type. And I think for me, it was really helpful to kind of have a guide because I, for so long from, um, cheer conditioning, dance conditioning, I learned from coaches, which they meant no harm, but it was kind of like, fake a smile, get the workout done, no matter what, like if your body doesn't want it, like you still got to run those three miles, whatever. And so I kind of had that deeply ingrained in my head. So I think even though I do practice balance, I think it's something that I needed to continually like break down that mindset and work on. So having a plan that I followed that was like, okay, no, you're not even like, you're not allowed to lift today. You're going to do Pilates or you're going to do yoga and kind of have like structure to that. It did teach me a lot. Yeah. But like you said, I'm so much more a person that just like wants to wake up and truly think like, what does my body need today? So now I've kind of gone more into the, like, just feeling it out as I wake up. And I know like when the different phases of my cycle come. So I do kind of tune my workouts to that. But like you said, I'm not strict with any like barrier on it basically, but it is so interesting. It's yeah, it's, it's dude. Crazy. And I'm so finally, thank you population for finally starting to look into these things, but <laughs> I know. I mean, whatever works for your body. If like moving like that makes your body feel best, go for it. If you can rock a workout and that makes you feel really good on your period, then go for it. And I'm sure it also takes a big role into like hormonal imbalances, people with those type of issues. I'm sure yeah. that's way more, um, what's the word? <laughs> Why like am I, it, I, I get what you're saying. Like it, um, <laughs> it'll help it. you a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It for those type of circumstances and stuff, but for sure. I always see our girl Sophie always talking about it. Yeah, I've loved following anybody who talks about that right now. I feel like it's really popular right now, and I I love that it's kind of allowing us, or it's like encouraging us to give ourselves grace and to give our hormones and our cycles and everything grace. And for so long, I feel like the fitness culture on social media was kind of doing the opposite. It was more of just like, go hard no matter what. But now I'm loving the content that's like, no, listen to your body, know that it's supposed to go through ebbs and flows. And sometimes you have that high motivation and some, sometimes you don't. And it's literally because of the science and the chemicals that are being released from your brain in your body during those phases. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word. It's like, uh, I'm so just appreciative that we're actually thinking about the science behind our body now and, and tuning our workouts and our eating towards that. Yes. It's all about being more intuitive. Like that's like a big thing I think for both of us is just being intuitive with your body. And it's just, I'm all for it because it's getting people to listen to themselves. Like it's getting you to focus on how you're feeling on the inside and go based on that. So, I mean, I'm all for it, whatever makes you feel. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And then you also did orange theory coaching, right? Oh yeah. You did. How did you like that? And how did you like, what did you learn and take from that now transitioning into just doing your own types of programs and stuff? I here, I'll give you the little orange theory rundown of how I started because this is generally one of my most asked questions, I swear. So I think people will really appreciate this, but I started working at orange theory. Like I said earlier, I was working in 
gyms all college. So Orange Theory was one of those. When I was in college, I was working as an SA. So just the front desk sales associate, selling a little memberships and having all the fun. I'd practice my little handstands in the lobby. And then I, love it. I would always tell the coaches like, oh my God, that looks so fun. Whenever I'd be in class, I'd always be like jumping around, moving around. The members would always like know me as like the girl that was always dancing or singing or doing something chaotic in the room. Oh, and yeah. so I just made my presence known as like, I want to run this. I want to do this. I really just let me know the opportunity. So when I graduated college, I was planning on being a PA, but I was still doing Orange Theory and stuff for money. So I was getting my internship hours at the hospital. And then I was like, okay, I really want to start coaching. So then Orange Theory kind of has these like tryouts. So you go and you, it's kind of like a little um, audition and they have you like read through a couple things, how you'd handle certain 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 circumstances and run through like different, whatever. So we did that. And then once you pass that, you go through a week-long training for being a coach. And so I went through the week-long training being a coach, and then you get placed at whatever studios. And I was in San Diego. So I was at Delser and Carlsbad. I Yes, Delser and Carlsbad. And I started coaching there and it was so much fun. I just loved showing up and like being able to curate my own little playlist. The workout itself is made for you. So there's not really a lot of thinking that goes involved or that's involved for you besides like the playlist and staying on track of everything, which is kind of a lot for orange theory, but for the most part, not too much thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started coaching those classes. I'd coach like two to three back to back. And it was just so much fun. And especially once I started doing more social media, this was like my main social outlet. So like every time I went to work, it was like my social hour and it was so much fun. I loved, I loved Orange Theory, but it just got to a point where I was like, okay, this is starting to interfere with like my own personal stuff. And I think it's time to say farewell. Gotcha. Dang. And so for the workouts of Orange Theory, I've taken uh, probably two, two or three classes in my life, but they were at a much smaller studio here in my like small little beach town of Destin. So I don't know if it's anything compared to, you know, San Diego or LA type of workouts, but what is it for maybe someone that hasn't like done Orange Theory? What, how would you explain the class? So Orange Theory, you're actually, if you're doing a class in New York and then you have a friend doing a class in California the same day, you guys are doing the exact same workouts. So it's like the same nationwide. So that's kind of like a cool aspect to it. Um, But the workouts run down, you have a tread, you have a water rower and you have the floor. You, wow. I'm like, it's so crazy how your mind like starts going right back into like the script you once had memorized. You're going to give us the whole like intro to the workout. My sim character. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have the tread, rower and floor. So on the tread, you'll have like different intervals. Sometimes you're running for five minutes, walking for two, you're doing sprints sometimes, just different intervals, keeping it busy. What's nice is you're not just running on it for one solid amount of time and just staring at a wall. And then you have the rower, same thing, interval. Sometimes we throw in different exercises. And then you have the floor, which is the weight room, um, weighted body weight exercises. And the whole class, you're basically just cycling through those things. So sometimes you'll see a station twice, but usually you just see each one once and just cycle through all of them. I love it. It personally was the only way that I would do cardio. Yeah. Cardio. I only like doing cardio in class settings because it's so distracting. Um, and that was like my favorite way, but it's Dang. a great class and it's as hard as you make it. You can like walk through it if you want to, or you could bust your ass. It's really totally up to you. 
I need to go give it a try again for sure. That sounds awesome. Um, okay, I we <laughs> we went on a little side tangent because I just had so many like catch up questions for you, but I got to circle back to my main question that I had for the very beginning, and that is, I ask any of my friends that come on that I haven't caught up with in a long time, I want to hear your in depth routine because I'm such a routine person. I love my morning routine. I love my night routine. And I am just like obsessed with hearing other people's little staples that they have and little things that they do to just set up their day for stuff in the morning. And then also like set up your night for like a impactful night of sleep and everything. So I want to hear in as much detail as you can give your morning routine or just, I guess if you don't have a specific one, just the things that you know are going to set you up for a good day. I am pretty specific, but like I'm same thing with my routines and my workouts and basically everything in my life. It's always evolving. So this might be my routine for right now, but next month it might look so different. I realized that honestly doing social media has made me realizes, realizes it has made me (laughs) my phases and like my patterns of doing things. But anyways, my morning routine, I wake up, and then I go in front of my red light. So I've been doing some red light therapy. It's great for mm-hmm. the skin. <laughs> and I'll turn my red light on and I'll go through kind of like a 15 to 20 minute vinyasa flow, which is not challenging for the body. I'm not doing anything that's like making me breathless. I'm not sweating at all. I'm not fatiguing my muscles. I'm literally just stretching and kind of moving, waking up my body. I learned that opening your chest and doing a lot of like chest stretches really helps your body wake up and kind of just... Mm-hmm. Rising the body with the breath, it just feels really good and natural. And then right after that vinyasa flow, I'll drop into a kind of a 10, 15 meditation. And usually I do guided. So I'll just look up um, something on YouTube. I love Joe Dispenza or Aloe Moves is what I use for my yoga. And then I'll just follow it up with meditation on there as well. But I read or heard in a podcast somewhere that doing yoga before your meditation really helps you fall into it better. And I totally believe that because I think starting my body up with the breath work and the body really helps me drop into myself and kind of feel what's going on within so that when I sit down, I'm already connected with my breath to my body and it's so much easier to drop into. And I would always think it was reverse, but I've been doing this and I love it. Um, then at that time, it's time to take stinky Stella girl outside. Um, we usually go for like a little mile walk then we come back, make breakfast and we go about our day. But yeah, I just kind of like that little slow movement. I've been really liking to just get my body moving in the morning. I'm looking forward to seeing how it reacts to winter and it gets Getting colder if I'm gonna like want to be a little bit more cozy in the morning. So I we'll love see. that. Nighttime. I, wait, pause. <laughs> I have one question for you. Um, okay, meditation. I have tried so hard to get into it, and I don't know what it is, but my mind just wants to race. Like <laughs> I've tried guided, I've tried just being still, I've tried just putting like um instrumental music on. I've tried everything in the books and I can maybe sit there for about two minutes. And past that, I just start thinking of like to-do list and what's going on throughout the day. And it's really, really challenging for me. So what would be like a little tip of advice for me and anybody else that's listening that maybe wants to get more into meditation and just like slowing down and stilling themselves, but it's very challenging for them. Um, I would really look at the time that you are doing it at. Do not have your coffee. If you're one of those people, don't have your coffee before you meditate. 
Um, maybe don't try meditating at the end of the day. Uh, don't try meditating in the middle of the day. I would really recommend waking up, doing barely anything and dropping into it. I forget the brain waves unless you know, but your brain waves kind of stay in this certain state for a certain amount of time after you wake up. And it's the same as a meditational state. So if you do it right after you wake up, it might be a little bit easier for you to do it that way. But yeah, avoid caffeine. And also just remember that that is the practice. I still myself so many times start thinking about so many things. And it's just the fact that you are able to catch yourself having that thought and being like, oh, wait, you're supposed to be meditating and taking yourself back to the breath. The fact that you're able to do that is amazing. So just keep practicing that. Um, Make sure your environment's good. But yeah, that's pretty much practice. And that's the whole whole part of it is a lot of people think that they're doing it wrong when that happens. And it's like, no, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Gotcha. And you think just like with consistency and time, it will get, it'll be more of a longer amount of time that I can sit in that stillness. Totally. You'll be able to drop into new places that you've never felt before. Like I've dropped into places that I'll feel like I'm literally floating in space and I'll forget about like time completely. And I'll just come out of it being like, well, I can't believe I just did that. Where five minutes used to feel like I was just sitting there waiting for the video to end. And then I'm all of a sudden zooming through a 15 minute one. It's slowly just good and bad days. It's a, it's a practice. You This is my last question because I'm just inspired by this, but do you notice a change in like stress or anxious thoughts or what, what have you noticed that it's like helped you with or changed in your life since you've gotten into meditating? It's changed everything because once you learn how to drop into kind of a meditation state or learn how to drop into your body with breath and calm yourself down and be present with yourself, can you hear my dryer right now? (laughs) No, you're good. It just got so loud. (laughs) No, I can't hear it at all. Um, Once you learn how to drop into that and find that place, you can find that within your whole day. So if I'm ever getting stressed, I can drop into a little breath work, close my eyes and kind of find those bits of peace, like that moment of peace throughout my day multiple times. So some people like to say I'm meditating like constantly all day, every day. It's kind of like that where it's like, you can channel that moment. You don't need to make it a whole ceremony every single time, but it's so beneficial once you just learn that, that feeling and bringing yourself back to it whenever you feel stressed. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. I'm inspired again to go try to get better at that (laughs) for sure. Okay. I will let you go back to your night routine now. We got to get into that one. Oh, right. Nighttime. Well, there's not much here. When it comes to nighttime, when I get tired, your girl once the sun is down, I'm not productive. <laughs> I'm the goal is to feed myself and go to sleep. So okay. I, I'm making dinner. I feed myself, but I really, really try to do that whole night shift thing. So like yeah. make it seem like your um, apartment is your job and you're have the night shift and you have to clean up so that the morning shift comes in. Yes. To a beautiful day and everything's easier. I always like to remind myself, don't make tomorrow harder. Don't make tomorrow harder. Make it easier for yourself. So I usually I make that. dinner, try to clean up as much as I can, and then I go to bed. When I go to bed, I have a couple sprays. So I have the Symbiotica Magnesium one. She's oh, gorgeous. Amazing. I have that too. Love Symbiotica. Um, I douse my whole body with that. It's literally wet by the time I'm done. And <laughs> then I have the, <laughs> have the pillow spray. 
that's also, it's made out of essential oils, all natural, no fragrance, babe. And I take it and I go all over my bed to the point where like my sheets are almost wet. So I'm a big smell girl (laughs) when I'm winding down. Like, you know, it's time for bed because you walk into my room and it just smells like a lavender field. Like I'm, I'm so ready and I close all the windows, all the lights. Sometimes I'll have like my red salt lamp on. Oh, that's another big thing. If I'm in my room, I only have red lights on. So I don't have those big glowing white lights. I only have red when the sun is down. But and then we pass out. I'm not proud, but I watch TV to fall asleep. I'm trying to fall out of that. Hey, that's okay. You have to, you give some, you lose some. Yeah. (laughs) If if you have the essential oils going and you have the magnesium, you can watch a little bit of TV. It balances itself out. Right. You know, the red light thing doesn't really make sense when you think about it. Cause it's like, (laughs) why is she doing lights? And then I turn my TV on, but it's the thought, Mm -hmm. I think. Absolutely. It's baby steps. And I mean, if you're going to make a routine miserable, just to try to be like the healthiest you can, what's that going to do for you in the long run? You're going to hate it. You're probably going to like fall back and just be like, you know what? I'm done with this routine altogether and go back to just like all the things instead of having a little bit of balance and some good, some maybe not so good. And just, you know, I feel like the balance. All about the fun here. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I also have a red light and I also do the sprays. So we're very similar in that. I also, I don't know if you've gotten into this beef tallow on the face. Sorry. (laughs) that's what my husband said too when I first told him beef tallow I I think I just ate beef tallow for the first time like is it edible yes you can eat with it you can cook with it it's a great hair mask you can put it on your face it is like one of the most holistic (laughs) you guys I wish you could see the video right now we're both dying laughing it is one of the best products I have in my household. Like you can literally make dinner with it. And then you can rub that same thing on your face when you go to bed and you're going to wake up with like glowy, beautiful, vibrant skin. I've gotten, yeah. Um, I bring it on. (laughs) I will say I haven't gotten, I haven't put the actual like full flavored beef one on my face. I have one from Primely Pure that's like a vanilla almond or something. So it doesn't smell very beefy on my face, but some people just put the straight up beef, like beef smell on their face, which is wild, but we'll get to that. Imagine just for a second. And no. Somebody from like a century ago, a hundred years ago, (laughs) taking them into air one and saying, I want to give you some beef tallow for your face. Here's some bee pollen (laughs) to do whatever. And then here's some colostrum. What is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that too. It's wild, man. What? I love oh it. I'm a sucker for all those things. They're like the second I hear about something on a podcast, I'm like, let me at it. I'm trying it all. Like I no, love just testing and trying and some stuff. I'm like, that made no difference. And then sometimes you find something that's gold and you can apply it to your life from then on. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, let's get into the next question. This is what I've been so excited this entire podcast to ask you. And honestly, the past like two months that I've seen you kind of talking about it on Instagram, I want to hear everything about the mold. If you, if you haven't seen Tamara's content, basically Tamara has gone through an experience lately (laughs) with mold. And I'm just going to let you dive in and share your story and your experience. Um, But just like a little backstory, you guys, I started seeing when she found out she had mold in her apartment. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it caused all these crazy symptoms and just wreaked havoc on her body and her mind and like everything. And it seems like truly just awful. Like I can't imagine going through that and knowing that it's in your house and it's affecting every aspect of your health and then having to figure out like from the ground up, how do I get rid of this? What do I do? What changes do I make? And just kind of figure it all out on your own. And I do think that this has become kind of a popular topic on podcasts, on social media, just in the health space in general. I literally think over the past like two months, it's become so popular. And I think it's because people are just becoming aware of what it actually can do to your mind and to your body. And people are getting tests of their home and finding out, oh my gosh, I've been living this way for so long because there's actually mold living in my house. So I just want to hear your experience, what you've learned through it, and pretty much your whole story. Um, I think it's going to be really helpful to people that are listening that maybe are questioning if they also have it going on in their house. Yeah. So, uh, best experience ever. LA, you've been such a blessing. So I moved into this older apartment. So the thing about LA is a lot of the buildings are just older. They're like, if they're redone, they're still old underneath. And that's like just something you're dealing with in LA. So I moved into this apartment. It wasn't a super nice apartment in the first place. I moved into it, me and my ex-boyfriend, because we got an insane deal. Like I don't live there anymore. I felt weird about saying the price, but like literally it was... 1100 square feet for $1,700, two bedrooms. In LA? In LA. That's insane. Month to month. And I was just like, what the fuck? So we were both like, we're doing this. That's such an easy yes. Why not? And so we moved in there. Everything was fine. Um, We ended up breaking up probably like three months into moving in, but I stayed in that apartment. He moved out. And I just like started feeling weird. So first thing I had these like um, skin patches, like dry patches start showing up on my leg. And at first it wasn't bad. So I just, I didn't even think anything of it too much. I was just like, oh, my skin's dry. Like that's weird. Like it was on my knee. So I thought like, oh, maybe my knee is just really dry or something like that. And I wouldn't pay much attention to it. And so that kind of started creeping in. And then I started developing this weird cough. Like out of the blue, I was just coughing all the time. And it was like my only symptom. So I'm like, I'm not sick, but why am I coughing up stuff all the time? And then I just like kind of started feeling weird. And then it just like all of the signs came into my life. I had all these people in different directions being like, oh, I just got mold. Like you said, it started becoming more of a popular discussion. And I had like personal people telling me stories about it. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Started looking up the symptoms for mold. Everything started aligning. And then I started getting more answers for the skin rash and things that I wasn't even questioning. I was like, oh shoot, maybe that was it. And I think it's important to remember that I just moved to LA. So life was exciting. I was going to like all the new things, meeting all of the new people. I was newly single. Like I was on cloud nine. So when I think back and like looking at my energy levels, I don't even think I was in my own body to realize if I was tired or not. Like I was so distracted with life that I think I was just pushing through whatever symptoms I was feeling. And the cough was the first real physical one that was interfering with my day where I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird. So I called somebody out to get my apartment tested. Please get your own people to test your own apartment because these landlords 
My landlord literally told me that they went in and checked for mold, didn't see any. And then I went in and I immediately saw it. So they're they're going to try oh <laughs> it. Super fun. Landlords can be super fun. So hire your own people. He comes in, finds it almost immediately. Basically, it looks like the hole underneath of our sink was flooded previously. And instead of fixing it, they just put wood over it. Oh so the whole thing was black mold underneath my sink. And oh. I was like, you literally kidding me. He found it in multiple rooms and he turned to me and he was like, I'm not surprised you're sick. I would not live here. And I was like, okay. So me and Stella out, we start living in hotels. I tell my apartment, I end that lease. And luckily I had so much traveling coming up that same month. So I was able to kind of get up and out of there at a good time. But now I was left with my body and kind of putting all of those pieces back together. And as weeks went on, this psoriasis that went from my knee to my calves, to my thighs, to my butt, to my back, to my arms, like literally I would, oh, I didn't think I was going to get emotional. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I'd wake up every single day and like not recognize another part of my body. And it was so crazy because like, I've always been so in tune with my body and always so grateful for the fact that I've never had like a big health issue or like I've never had acne or I've never had something that I've been really fucking insecure about. And I was so like, I didn't want to show my legs. I didn't want to show my arms. I didn't want to show my body. I felt so ugly in my skin. And I, at the same time, like didn't have an answer. So like, things are changing on the surface of my body so fast and I still don't have a way to stop it or know what's causing it or just any answer whatsoever. And it was so terrifying and it felt like everything I was doing was making it worse. And it was just such a defeating process because I was just exhausted the whole time. And then it was just like also the anger of knowing like what had happened. I was like, dude, this it's just all messed up. Like I shouldn't even be in this situation. And now I'm just like lost yeah. in chaos. But woo. <laughs> I, I mean, I like I'm sitting here about to cry myself, just like empathizing and trying to put myself in your shoes and think about what that would actually feel like to just wake up one day and know that like the health I kind of take for granted is just all of a sudden completely different to where I don't even recognize it, nor do I know what to do about it. I it, like that is terrifying. And especially, you know, being in an apartment by yourself, you don't have parents to tell you what to do. You don't have, you know, anybody professional telling you like, this is X, Y, Z of the next steps of how to fix this, especially when it's something so it's just connected to not only your physical body, but your mental health too. I, I just can't even fathom what that was like the process of, you know, waking up and just feeling like helpless in that. I'm so incredibly sorry you had to go through that. Thank you. I'm, I mean, everything happens for a reason. If anything, I'm coming out of this. So yeah. Tied in with my body and like self-discipline is going to be insane after this, but oh, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was a lot to figure out. And it was like, rabbit holes till 1am researching. And that was like another thing is I had so many different answers before I found the mold. I was like, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. And I was just exhausting so much energy going down, like just blindsided all these different paths. And then you go to the doctor and they want to put you on a steroid, yeah. a topical steroid. And I mean, to each their own. And if that's helped you, amazing. I used it, stopped using it. It came back stronger than ever. So it's just like, 
you feel so alone in the entire process. And now I'm at a place where I'm talking to a holistic practitioner. I have a lot of people more on the holistic side that are helping me with my supplements, my vitamins, on my day-to-day things that I can do, my diet, um, stuff like that. So I'm just happy that I'm at a point where I'm like, I found the mold. I know it's kind of a detox that I need to go through with my body. Basically, my body's just at an overload, doesn't know what to do. The mold triggered an autoimmune response that I didn't even know I had. So that's why now I'm dealing with psoriasis. And that's kind of like the battle we're fighting now. And it's kind of just, I like feel like I have a different body. I'm just like learning the new triggers. I feel like I have so many food intolerances right now. I'm actually going to do a food allergy test later today because... I'll eat things now. I used to never really be a bloater. Like sometimes Brussels sprouts, broccoli, like, you know, the vegetables that make you do it. Yeah. I'd be able to eat a meal and I'd be totally fine. I wouldn't be super bloated. Now I'll eat a meal and it's like, I'm about to give birth. Like I get slowly more extended throughout the day. So I just know we're a little funky on the inside. We're just trying to fix it and taking our time with that. But yeah, it's definitely definitely been such a crazy process. Gosh. And I think what is also so hard is to know, you know, your job depends on you showing up consistently to social media. And when you're going through something that traumatic and that hard and something with so many unknowns while you're still trying to process it and figure it out yourself, I can't imagine how hard it was also to keep showing up for your job and, you know, stay present on social media. And especially as someone who posts, you know, health and fitness content of you doing workouts and stuff, when you don't feel comfortable, like showing that, How did you keep showing up to something when you were like going through it? Did you kind of take time to process first and step back? Or did you kind of like share the raw bits as you went? Dude, it was so hard. I definitely stepped back. Like I kind of ghosted my YouTube channel because like you said, it's like my whole, whole time you've been seeing me work out in like activewear clothes. You see my legs, you see my arms, you see all part of me and like, that's just the way it is. So I remember when I started posting on TikTok, when like the psoriasis started getting like genuinely, genuinely noticeable in videos, I'd get people being like, oh my gosh, all your bug bites. I feel so bad for you, girl. Or like, oh no, you're rash. And like, or what's that on your arm? And it's like, I get it. Like, I would be curious too. You're following this person. All of a sudden they're starting to look like a leopard in front of you. And you're like, girl, you okay? Like I would ask the question too, but it was like, Okay, like this is getting to a point where I have to talk about it. And I heard this one thing one time, or this one thing one time. Um, <laughs> and it really stuck with me, but it's like, I don't like sharing my scabs. I like sharing my scars. And that's so true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how I go based on like my life stuff because I, first of all, am so dramatic. So when, <laughs> like, I'm in the process. Of it all, if I were to share my thoughts and feelings, it would be so chaotic. And maybe that's a good thing for some people, but like I'm so all over the place that I need to collect my thoughts, get them in order before I bring them out to the public. And also, like I was telling you, I was going down so many different paths before I figured out like my psoriasis, what I need to focus on. So I'd be going on social media basically every day and being like, now I'm doing this. Just kidding. I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. Just kidding. I'm actually not doing that. I'm doing this. They'd be like, what is this girl doing? She doesn't even know what she's talking about. And so, yeah, it was definitely, I had to take a step back, figure out everything. And then it just became such an insecurity where I was like, okay, I took the step back and now I have to present my spotted body to the world. And like, it was just, it was weird. It, it felt 
and it was definitely way more in my head than I think anybody else would like genuinely care about it. But it just felt like, okay, now I feel like I'm showing up as like a different human being and that's totally in my head, but that's what it felt like to me. So, um, I'm so beyond grateful and blessed to have a community that I do and they have been nothing but so loving and supportive when I've been talking about it. But I basically just like did a Q&A saying, hey, I have psoriasis. This is what's kind of happening. And I've slowly been showing more and more in my journey. But yeah, I do have to be careful because it's like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want get pe- I don't want people to start trying things that aren't going to benefit them. I don't yeah. want them trying diets that don't even have anything to do with their life. And I also have to watch out for myself because I will believe anything when I'm this vulnerable yeah. and like raw and like trying to find the answers. So it's also a part of it being like when I post that I have psoriasis and I receive 30 DMs of 30 different stories of how they healed their psoriasis, I'm yeah. now saying like, this is going to work for me and like try buying all this stuff. And I'm like, I just have to protect my piece as well as everybody else's. For sure. No, I totally get that. I think the way you've handled it has been so beautiful. And I love that you did like take your time to process and really just like sit with it and do your research and do all the internal stuff. And I think the way that you've, cause I watched your Q and a on YouTube actually. And that's when I first like started hearing about the mold. And then I went to your content on every other platform and like deep diving caught back up with, you know, everything that's been going on. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this all makes so much sense. But I think you having that comeback and just being so like open once you were ready was so incredible and so strong and so admirable. And I think I I relate like you and Whitney Simmons. I know she also struggles with psoriasis has, has for a long time. And I think her content just like yours is so raw and beautiful and just like does something for so many people out there. And no matter what, if you have like something physical on your skin, physical on your body, or if it's something internal, we're all dealing with something. We're all always going through something. We're all going to have something in the back of our head that we're insecure about. So even if people are consuming your content that don't have psoriasis, they're not struggling with that. I think even by you sharing something like that, so real and raw and vulnerable can not only help girls that are also going through psoriasis, but that are going through anything just because it's like, Hey, I'm Tamara. I'm human this is my life and this is what I'm struggling with and I'm real and I'm raw and this is how I'm going through it. This is my mindset. And I think just by like showing those bits too, and not just that, you know, fitness influencing life is just absolutely perfect, but we're all going through something. It allows other people to feel more valid in their struggles and to feel, I don't know, just more included in knowing that like, we're all dealing with something no matter what. Absolutely. I, yeah. And I, going back to Whitney, like shout out Whitney Simmons, because when I was going through this and thinking, I, you know, what's crazy is I genuinely didn't even know about her psoriasis up until like a couple years ago. I never noticed it ever, ever noticed it. And so like, that was a, that, okay. Anyways, (laughs) so my mind's going everywhere. When I was starting to go through the psoriasis stuff, I turned to Whitney's page so many times and I'd look at her photos and I'd be like, it's not, it doesn't look ugly on her. Why do you feel so ugly? skin like it doesn't look like a big deal on her why do you feel like it's such a big deal on your own skin and like just watching her present herself and talk about it I was like dude this is this is a part of life this is the game we play and she helped me so much being more positive with it and I yeah I it was a big part of me being like my body's changed life has changed and I have to present this and that's just the way life goes but 
it was so hard for me to start talking about it, but I just had to remind myself like, okay, it's an insecurity. This is what life is about. It's not fair to pretend that life is super easygoing and that everything's going to be okay. And like, I just got to start showing it. And it's helped me heal within myself so much, feeling like I don't have to hide anymore because that was yeah. so toxic to myself, feeling like you shouldn't show this, you shouldn't show this. I'm like, I'm starting to hate my body for those reasons. And now it's like, I'm starting to love and accept all of those areas again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that is so incredible. I mean, I know as your friend from before you started struggling with all this and now I only think you're more beautiful and you're more amazing and your content is more valuable than it was back then because of how you're sharing so real and raw. Like I, I don't notice any difference in what your skin looks like or one day or what it looked like a year ago. It's like about you as a person. And I think everybody else can see that so much. And I just want you to know, like you're helping so many people by sharing this. And I'm so proud of you as a friend. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. It feels feels good to breathe. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure. Uh, um, okay. My last main question on the mold. Well, actually I take it back. I probably have like a full list that I'll be catching up with you later about. Cause I'm just so interested. And I actually want to test my house too. I don't have any like physical symptoms yet, but we do have an older house right now. And I don't know. I just do. I want to do like a little test and I want to hear, Oh, that's a question. <laughs> what did you do to test it? Like, did you call someone off a of Google ad or how did you find somebody to like actually yeah. test? I went home, searched mold inspectors, called okay. a number that came in that day and a guy comes and I think he did, um, he did sample testing. So he like took some actual mold sample testing and then he did a lot of air testing. So they'll come through and it'll take like one, two hours, depending on how much they're doing for you. And then the leave takes like three days and they'll send you a report back. But that's why I was saying, get your own. If you're able to afford it, get your own. Yeah. Don't go to your apartment because sometimes your apartment will try to be a little fishy with those situations. Yeah. And I don't know. Oh, for sure. I can imagine. I don't know if you know this answer or not. It's okay if you don't, but if someone goes and does this mold testing and it comes back that they do have mold and maybe they're living in a house they bought or they're in a situation where they can't get out of their apartment, do you know if there's anything you can do to get rid of it? Or is it just like, you got to move? So like DIY? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Or if there's like any, maybe <laughs> I I know that there are ways I would not recommend it because it's so toxic. Do yeah. not paint over it. Um, that's also another thing that a lot of landlords will do is they'll just hide it by painting over it. Oh. Um, don't put bleach on it. I heard I'm pretty sure that can make like a almost like deathly chemical potion if you mix like bleach with it or something. Like that. So definitely sure. get like a professional kind of get a professional. Yeah. I would definitely. Okay. And the thing with mold though, is that if you're seeing it on like in a wall somewhere, most likely it's like inside of a wall. So you're probably going to have to hire somebody to handle something. But if you're in an apartment complex and you find mold, tell your apartment complex immediately. And they have 30 days to fix it. If they don't handle it in that 30 days, you don't have to pay rent. You can start to figure all your stuff out. But basically, they have this window of time to get their shit together. And if they don't, then you can take action. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Well, anybody who is listening that maybe has like similar symptoms, I know the cough isn't like 
going to happen for everybody. I know for some people it might be like eczema. It might be, I don't know, like really runny nose, runny eyes. Do you know of any other symptoms that might be like an indicator of, okay, maybe you do want to get it checked? Um, I would say fatigue. A lot of people fatigue. feel really, really tired, um, asthma-like symptoms. Yeah. Like you said, the rashes, headaches are really, um, not being clear headed, being really foggy and feeling like you like can't think straight. Like you just feel really out of it a lot. That's also a really big symptom. Gotcha. Okay, great. Well, thank you. I know that information is going to be so helpful to some people. And I just hope more than anything, even if it's one person that's listening to this, that this is going to be something that impacts somebody and helps somebody get through it. If they're also going through that, I totally believe it will. So another symptom, anxiety and depression is a big one. Wow. It can like, it causes people to have a lot of issues with their mood and stuff like that. So anxiety and depression is another big symptom. Gosh, that that is so crazy to me that like a physical mold in your house can have that much of an impact on your body. That is just wild. It feels more like it's like a ghost. It's like a possession. It's so weird. So weird. So creepy. Dang. Well, thank you for all your insight on that. Oh my gosh. So helpful. Glad I We're also, we're going so past our time. Are you okay to keep talking just for a little bit more? I'm loving this. Okay. We're going to have to have you on for a part two again, because I feel like I haven't even like touched the surface on all the questions I wanted to ask you, but I have two more main topics that I wanted to talk about. The first one is a little bit of social media. So I know we talked a little bit in the beginning of like how you got into it and everything, but I want to hear a little bit more. I think the main thing I want to know, because- selfishly. Like I want to hear your advice too, because I'm always loving to hear like how friends handle this, but balancing showing up on social media and sharing your life and like just being very public on social media, but also still keeping like your privacy and just like yourself and your private life and your social life aside from social media still intact, I guess, balancing it. Like how do you show up presently on social media, but also show up presently off social media and just balance it all? I think it's gotten a lot easier as time has gone on and you kind of build your foundation as you go. Because in the beginning, you have to grind. Like it's a grind to start getting a following. You have to be super consistent. You have to show up every single day. So in that time, you feel like you're recording a lot. You feel like you're trying to make all this content, all these posts. Like I remember I was posting every day on Instagram, twice a day on TikTok, every day on my Instagram stories, once a day on YouTube. Like I was putting the work in. And at that time, it genuinely felt like it was consuming my whole life. And I really had a hard time with finding that balance. And that's when I would burn myself out. And it was definitely a struggle. Now, the way I kind of look at it is I don't work a nine to five, but I still kind of have my work week and my work days. So I'll spend my day where I'm filming my content and I'm going about my normal day-to-day gym life. And that's what I record and stuff like that. And then into the evening, that's when I plan my dinners and my weekends. I still have my social outings and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of try to really plan out when I want to record and just add a little bit more structure to it. And I feel like a while I was like, I don't want a nine to five. So it kind of turns into a 24 seven job. And then I was like, wait, maybe there is some beauty in that structure a little bit. Let me kind of. Yeah structure my life a little bit more. And that's definitely helped me. Um, Since it is such like social media is just part of my social life and people want to see like the day to day. um, 
I'm a big like take a picture on my actual camera roll rather than on actual Instagram or something like that. So if I am at a dinner or I'm hanging out with friends and I want to take videos or pictures or something like that, I'm not sitting there taking a photo on Instagram, trying to get the perfect angle and then like editing it and like spending all of that time right there. I'm whipping out my camera, snapping, videoing, hoping for the best and like carrying on and dealing with all that stuff later. I'm trying to be so present in the moment. And I'm also staying so aware of who I'm being with or who I'm with and who actually wants that. Like if I'm with you or Nikki or Rebecca or my friends that are on social media, obviously they won't care if I pull out a camera. I'm with my at-home friends. It's a little bit weird if I pull out my vlog camera when none of them have ever been on a camera. So it's just being like conscious and creating that space and just like knowing that you are allowed to have that time to yourself and like you're allowed to have that space to enjoy your friendships and you're not going to miss out on everything and just allowing that for yourself. For sure. I love that. Um, how, or I guess what advice, like just a couple tips, rapid fire, would you have for someone that is trying to kind of grow a space on social media for fitness or for wellness or just in that space? Cause I know that's kind of how you started your Instagram and it's evolved so much since you started, but I guess for anybody that's trying to get into workout content, fitness content, or wellness, what are some little tips you have for just growth in that area? Um, stay consistent. Everybody says that my big one is don't watch so much of what you consume or produce. So don't consume so much of what you produce. I still to this day live by this. I think that it's so much fun watching everybody's workout videos and everyone's day in the life and everyone's blogs and all this stuff. But if you're sitting there all day and you're just absorbing all that information and then you're going and you're recording your own and then you're editing that and it's just this constant cycle, you're going to get so burned out of your own work. You're going to compare yourself to other people and it's just going to get like, it's just going to get old. Like it doesn't get creative anymore. I love when I'm watching like a random comedy movie and I see them do something a certain way or film a certain way. And I'm like, that was really inspiring. And like, somehow I apply that to my squatting video. Like I don't know what happens, but you can get inspiration elsewhere and it can just get so negative in your head. If you're watching so much of what you consume, because we're all human, we all compare, it's just natural. And so that's just an easy way to spiral downhill. So, so fast. Um, another thing for starting out, I saw this video on TikTok, I think yesterday. And this girl was like, can we please normalize, like not having a cute apartment to film in? And when I think about that, I'm like, I get that. Like, I so get that thought process. But why do we think that when all of us who started these accounts and like all of these accounts that we've watched grow, all of them started in like a little, in a little kitchen. Like we never yeah. came about what the bat like what the kitchen looked like in the background or what the living room looked like of yeah. course people grow and of course there's like some of those people that are just rich and they've always had that type of setting but all the people I watch like they didn't have nice kitchens and it's just that's one of those things that only you are really thinking about and noticing so don't wait for that environment don't wait for these certain things in your life yes. to to present it, just do it because it's genuinely your person and your personality that people are following you for. You could stand in front of a white wall and do all of your videos. And if you have the personality, people will follow. That is so true. That is such good advice. Um, do you follow Hannah Jara by chance on TikTok? 
Yes, I'm going to shout her out real quick. That is, that's to a T what her content was when she first started. And she has one of the most loud, incredible, hilarious personalities. And she started in her parents' home, like just in a small little kitchen, just doing her thing, having fun with cooking content. And she blew up over that. And it's so true. It's like, yes, there's going to be people that follow the perfectly aesthetic you know, like motivational things and that might be their forte, but you're going to also have people that don't care about that and don't want to see it. And you're going to, you're going to attract the people that you genuinely want to have following you because those are the people that don't care about that. And they actually just care about the personality and like the value that your, your video is going to bring them, you know? And I was I, my COVID workout videos in my mom's apartment, little patio where it had like literally the length of my body to record these workout videos. And then I'd record it in front of her white wooden garage door. I was like, yeah. what, <laughs> what backdrop can I use? And I was like, yeah, garage. for sure. Oh my gosh. Same Our during COVID. I remember I used to have, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to have a couple's fitness page before I had my yes, own thing yes, yes. and we would literally bring dumbbells into the front of this dumpster. Cause it was the <laughs> only thing this dumpster was the only thing that had a solid background. It was like some green dumpster, but I was like, there's so much noise going on in the background of any like wall in my dad's house. So I literally was like, what's solid around us? And there was a green dumpster. So we literally recorded in front of the dumpster and it worked. And of course, you know, like you said, you evolved from that, but like start where you're at and just put your heart out there and like do the things that you genuinely are passionate about. And people are going to be attracted to that. And if they're not, they're going to follow the person that they are, but those aren't the people that are meant to follow you anyways. So like, you know, you can't force it. Yes. I love that. Uh, it's so fun to think back on our like previous eras of social media and all the all the glow ups that have happened and all the the past versions of us. It's so fun, especially since you said we all started around the same time on TikTok. So just like remembering what that was like back then and growing with each other and seeing each other's lives evolve is just crazy. Oh, it's so wild! I ran into this girl at the a coffee shop and she was like, "Are you Tamara?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, I've been following you since COVID. And I looked at her and just said, you've seen so many <laughs> of mine. And she was like laughing, saying, yeah, I really have. And I was oh like, my gosh. Oh, we've watched it all. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. That's so fun. Okay. The last main topic that I wanted to ask you about, because this is also something I haven't had the chance to have a real conversation with you about. I want to hear about the breakup a little bit. I want you to kind of speak to the people that maybe are going through a breakup with someone that was their best friend, someone that they thought they were meant to be with, you know, forever and stuff. And that breakup was maybe really hard for them. I want this to be a place where you can kind of just like share your story in a way that it can help someone else that's listening right now get through the hard times. Cause I know Surely as any breakup is hard, especially when you're with someone that you've been with for a long, long time that you thought was just like everything and your absolute best friend. I know how terrible that can be. And it's hard for me to speak that, to that on my own podcast because I'm married now, but I have been through terrible breakups in high school and everything, but I thought it would be really cool to hear your insight and just share a little bit of your story and you know what you've been through with that. So I guess the first question is, um, yeah, what is advice? Like for anybody that's gone through a recent one, what advice would you give? <laughs> yeah, just share your advice, girl. What's the advice you'd give to someone that's going through it right now? Um, uh, my heart is with you and I love you so much. I am a, here, I'll just, we'll, we'll do a little rub through. I'm a, I'll give you my type. Okay. <laughs> but, 
I'm a serial monogamous. I am addicted to long-term relationships. Oh. <laughs> I was in a six-year relationship and then I was single for like maybe three months and then went right into my last one, which was three years. So I've always been a long-term relationship girly. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me. This is the longest I've ever been single for. I'm kind of hitting that point where I'd be in another relationship by now and I'm not and I'm very proud of myself there yes so, great we're staying single. um wait how long has it been okay so I am so bad with perceptions of time um, like, I want- um six months eight months 12 same thing <laughs> six months to a year no I'm kidding um I want to say it's been like five months or so okay yeah five months or so and I we always communicated things that were happening in our relationship. And I think that people and things just grow apart. And sometimes you just have to make the decision. So when the decision comes, I think it's really important to be extremely honest with the other person. I think that's like the hardest part is like you said, that is your best friend. And I get so comfortable in relationships, a little bit too comfortable, and I would rather stay in a relationship and ignore so many emotions and feelings that I'm having than hurt somebody's feelings and leave. I'm a big people pleaser in so many different areas of my life, including relationships when it comes to that. I just don't want to hurt somebody. So it takes a lot takes a long time for me to finally kind of make that decision. Um, but when you do, I think it's important to be so crystal clear with your communication and be honest with how you're feeling because it's not fair to you or the other person to lie or not give the full honest truth just because you feel bad. I always like when I'm in the situation where I'm like, okay, this is going to be really hard. Do I want to do this? I think about it if the person was me. I would just want to hear somebody tell me their emotions, exactly how they're feeling. Like, I'd be like, just get off your chest. Like, please just say it to me. Get it, get it out of your body. Let me have it. Let me be able to process it on my own and move on. But don't drag me on by these like little bits and pieces and like, oh, maybe I can like yeah. follow this and put my energy and all these things. So I think open communication is a big thing. Um, focusing on self-love. And I know everybody says that, but I don't mean just like going and getting your nails done and like getting your hair done and like doing all the glitz and glam things. I mean, self-discipline, getting yourself back into a strong routine, making yourself feel proud of yourself again, building your confidence up. And that all comes with self-discipline, keeping promises to yourself. It's not getting your lashes done. Of course, that's like a beautiful detail of it all, but real self-confidence comes from those self-practices. And I think that we lose a lot of those in relationships because either you just don't have the time, you're distracted, you're in love, or you kind of form like new rituals together and then that's your ritual. So when you're out of that, you're like, okay, now I have to form these new routines without this person and it might look completely different. So getting strong in that area too um, and just surrounding yourself by community, especially with this beautiful job, it's so easy to isolate and stay isolated for long periods of time. And I really had to put extra energy into reaching out with friends, making time to hang out with friends and getting myself out. Because even if it, I definitely was more social um, after the breakup and like hung out with friends a lot more, but it's like, I needed to get myself out of that headspace and kind of leave that environment and yeah, and practice that social um exercise again, like being social with other humans. Cause it's like, 
you're always around a human, but you also like maybe stepped away from that social scene because you think that since you're together, you're being social, but you realize like socializing is so different in a group setting. So I focus on community, be honest and self-discipline. I love that. That I've definitely even experienced that in marriage. We've been married for three years now, which is wild to even say like, where has that time gone? But after the first year, you know, when the honeymoon phase kind of is like, okay, we've been married for a full year now. It's kind of like not in that honeymoon phase anymore. You do start to realize, or at least I did in my own experience, how much I was leaning on my partner as that crutch socially. And I think our story is also a little bit different because it was during COVID. So I'll give myself grace in the fact that nobody was really socializing during COVID. But coming out once the world kind of opened back up from that and a year into marriage, I had to kind of sit there and be like, whoa, I have not made an effort to keep up with friends in the same way I used to. I haven't made an effort to ask people out to coffee and to go out of my way to meet new girlfriends and stuff. So I think whether you're in a relationship, getting out of a relationship, in marriage, whatever, that is such a key within relationships. It's healthy for you. It's going to be healthy. You doing that is also going to be healthy for your partner because they shouldn't be, you know, the person that you lean on socially for everything. They can't fill the void that like girlfriends are meant to fill, you know? Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, that's really, really good advice is community is so key in, in any relationship setting. Okay. So now that you transition from being in that relationship, you guys are broken up. It's been about five months When do you think, like, obviously the initial breakup is always so hard, so excruciating for everybody's circumstances different, but I know no matter what it is, it's going to be hard because you're, you feel like you're kind of losing a part of you, like a person that was so close to you. Now that you're a couple months past that point, what like emotions are you going through and what ways are you starting to kind of step into like a new identity of you and instead of Tamara in a relationship? Yeah, I I feel really happy, really happy, really calm, really content. I was actually just at brunch with my dad before this and he was like, so what's the boyfriend situation? And I was like, <laughs> there isn't a boyfriend situation. actually, he's like, no boyfriends. And I was like, no boyfriends. And I was You're like, like well, surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like dating. Yes. But like, <laughs> no, I don't have a boyfriend yet. And he was like, that's good. And I just like, it's funny though. I was telling him, I... Once you're, when you're in a relationship, you think like, gosh, I couldn't imagine being single. I don't know what that's like. And then once you transition to the single side, I'm now like, oh my God, I can't imagine being in a relationship. Like I genuinely, I love my space so much. I love being alone. Also, I live alone. So like, it's a little extra in that department. So I just am just enjoying my space so much. I love that. I, yeah, I love my own company, but I, yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Do you feel like this time in between a breakup, you're learning things that now you're like, okay, the next relationship that I go into, there's going to be some standards or there's going to be some things that are different because of this time I've had to myself. Like, is there anything, you know, going into the next one that's going to be changed or different? Oh my God. Like, I'm still realizing things. I'm realizing the longer I'm single, the more I'm like realizing my patterns. But okay, so big one that I've just realized is I am a polar opposite hopper. So okay. Wait, what? Wait, please (laughs) please define that for us. I I really need to know the definition. A polar opposite hopper. Okay, so (laughs) I'm trying to not 
spill so much tea. I'm not really spilling tea. I love everybody that I've been with. Everybody knows that. I am no weird. Everyone's amazing, beautiful, and I hope everybody lives the best life in the whole wide world. Yes. Anyways, I am a polar opposite hopper, meaning that whatever quality or qualities I didn't like and left a relationship for, I am looking for the opposite of that in whatever's coming my way. So I love that. Okay. Say somebody, I break up with somebody because um, I'm going to make this so easy. I have a mean boyfriend and I'm breaking up with him because he's mean. I will go looking out in the world for anybody subconsciously. I'm not doing this on purpose. Yeah. But I'll look for anybody who seems really, really nice. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Super, super nice. I don't care about any other quality that they have, any other red flags. They could have all of the red flags, but since they're nice, that's all. That's I, the one. That's, I'm like, he, you know what? I think this is it because he's different from the last. And you know what I didn't like? And I'm realizing that that's what I do. I'm a polar opposite hopper. And so I'm trying to slow myself down and look at all of the flags in front of yeah. me. I'll just go based off those certain things. But that is a big quality of mine that I've realized. And I'm also, I know that I'm an amazing human being. I'm such an amazing girl. I'm a blessing to spend time with. Yes. And with that means that I can literally create a relationship with a rock if I wanted to. Like, right? It doesn't take a lot of energy from the other side for a relationship to happen. I can make a relationship out of anything. So I need to slow down and make sure that everything that's happening is what I love and what I'm deserving. And like like you said, the standards, my standards have been completely rewritten. Like since I started yes. time, I can't believe I put up with some of the things that I put up with. Because now I'm like, these are my expectations. And if you can't give that to me, I know I can give myself that. So why am I adding you to my life? Yes. Oh my gosh. That is, <laughs> I freaking love you. I love that advice. That's so good. And I think that is really cool. When you think about dating and relationships, they're really just lessons that come through your life. And, you know, maybe you meet the one that you want to be with forever at some point, but until, until that does happen, or if that's meant to happen for you, you know, you're just learning what is meant to be in your life and what you're okay with, what vibes with you, what compliments you, what you genuinely want, what you have fun with. Like, it's all about this lesson the whole way. And I think we put, oh, hi, Stella. Her pup is coming into the screen. I can't help it. I love dogs. You know, those are lessons that you just are meant to learn from. And they're meant to teach you about yourself, about other people, about what you love in life. And I think if you can kind of take the heaviness of this expectation of every relationship is meant to be the one and just go into it thinking like, I really need to know myself and know if this is truly like worth my time. I know that maybe sounds a little bit like not so nice, but you need to go into each relationship or each person you meet thinking like, is this worth my time? Because I know myself and I know what it's worth to like be around me. Like you were saying, like you are so solid in who you are and what you bring to the table and you have that good relationship with yourself that you can kind of determine that. So I think that's super important going into relationships. Thank you. A couple things. One, um, I 
am an Aquarius moon. I don't know if anybody's into astrology here, but something that I've noticed within myself is that I can detach from emotional situations. And when it comes to like breakups or like big life events, I am very fortunate in the fact that I don't sit in my emotions or have that like self-pity party for very long. I can really step out of it and be like, this is what is best for me, like you said, take the lessons and step away. And also when it comes to breaking up and moving on from a relationship in your life and you're feeling really, really guilty about it, um, I think that's what's always gotten to me is the guilt. I always feel so immensely guilty. Just think of it as you're setting everyone free. You're setting them free to find their love. You're setting yourself free to find your love. And it might not feel like you're being set free right now, but genuinely that's what's happening. Or if you want to do another like brain hack, is I'll think of like the setting free thing, or I'll think like something so dumb as like, I, this is all like for the story. If you want to say for the plot, like what am I going to write in my journal later? Like by the end of this, I'll just have a really good journal entry. And like, that's like what my focus is. And like, yeah, take yourself out of that moment and just be like, we just got to put our heads down and go through in this moment and we'll come out on the other side. But it's always going to be difficult. The worst thing that you could do in these situations is lie and deceive the other person. Um, I think that's the worst thing that you could do. So as long as you are being truthful and honest with yourself, no one could be mad at that. And also understand, I I keep just going on. Um, I think another thing is that you are the villain. If you are the one that ends it, you are unfortunately the villain to them, their friends, their family. You can't control what's being said about you. And they have like every right in that. Um, But just know, again, you did what's right. And it would be even more fucked up to keep them in a relationship with somebody that didn't want them. So good. That's so true. Well, you are just like a pillar of wisdom, Tamara. (laughs) Thank you for blessing us. I love (laughs) it. I love it. We seriously could talk all day. I feel so bad. I hope you didn't have anything to go to. This no, has been... I, I don't have anything until this evening. So I'm all yours. Okay. Girl. We'll wrap it up here. I love to do a little hot seat at the end of episodes with guests, just to give people that were on my story and on your story, a little chance to ask you some questions and you're just going to rapid fire answer them. I'm going to pick ones that don't require like an in-depth response, just so you can have fun with it. Yeah, like very simple, fun, lighthearted questions. Are we cool with that? So cool. I'm going to stay so focused. (laughs) All right, let's go. Um, Elise said, when will you host another event together? I'm actually announcing it today, but I don't know when this is going to be out. But I'm hosting one this Saturday, the 28th. We're going to do a little walk at Runyon Canyon Park. We're going to do like a little hike up and then we'll have some smoothies afterwards. So actually this weekend, but for those events, they're going to be happening basically monthly. So just follow me on Instagram, stay up with my stories, and I will always be posting about them. Amazing. Wait, I'm so jealous. I miss that hike so much. I used to do that all the time when I lived in West Hollywood. People talk shit on it because it's like the basic LA hike, but I'm like, you know what? She's close. She's effective and she's beautiful. That's all I need. And she has so many dogs on it. That was always the best part. (laughs) Okay. Your favorite meal. Oh, my favorite meal Mm -hmm. right now. Pesto pasta with chicken. Yum. Okay. Pesto phase. Yeah. I love it. Your fate or okay. What is your hair routine? 
my hair routine. I just shampoo, conditioner, and do some oil afterwards. I've been a natural hair queen all of summer. I put heat on it once for a Vitality photo shoot, and that was my first time in months doing it. It felt so weird. But yeah, shampoo, conditioner, and oil. We're natural over here, baby. What oil? I have to ask. Honestly, I'm not even going to tell you because I don't love it. But if I had to tell you, Kerastase Elixir Ultime Oil is my holy grail. I'm just trying to find something that's cleaner and I haven't found a hair clean hair oil that I'm obsessed with yet. So if anybody knows. Okay. Let us know. Let us know. Um, Okay. This one's a fun one. What was the first thing she thought of you and the first thing you thought of her? I thought that Brinley was not a real human because one, she's the kindest human I've ever met in my entire life. Like, Brittany, when I meet people that I've met you, I'm immediately like, is she not the nicest person you've ever met? And they're always like, insane. Like, one, your personality is such a motivation. And two, your body is so, so insane. Like, you're self-disciplined to get there, everything. I was just like, how is this genuinely a real human? She's a little angel. Tamara, that's so sweet. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, that's totally reciprocated. I have a funny story though. This actually wasn't the first time I met you, but it was the, one of the first events we went together. It was the TLF event. I remember, cause this stuck in my head as an impression with you. We were in the elevator. <laughs> I've never even told you this. We were in the elevator and an older man walked in and I think you were taking like a video or a picture or something. And for me, I know I get kind of like self-conscious if I'm taking a photo in person and then like a person sees me, I'll like put my phone down real quick or try to hide it. You kept that phone up and you had the whole thing going and you were taking that. And I just thought, oh, she is so cool. Like she does not care. She is confident. (laughs) Like I thought you were the coolest human ever. But that's just a little side note and a funny story I wanted to share with you. But bringing it back to the first time I met you, I remember you were so easy to talk to. You were, you had the most like infectious, like fun, joyous spirit. You're just like bopping around, dancing around, just like you talked about at Orange Theory. And I was like, I just want to be around this girl nonstop. I wanted to be a friend. I wanted to hang out with you. And I think like anybody that meets you would feel the same way. You just, you have like an, a very inviting and fun and lighthearted spirit. It's just so like good to be in your presence. So thank you. I, have to say, little... I think that's like my number one most said thing lately is the, my, um, energy. People always say you have yeah. very energy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Come up so to me true. I would love when people come up to me. So I'm glad I do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Let me pick like two more. Um, this one's easy. What's your favorite color? Oof. Is that, oh, green. That is easy. Green. Wow. Somebody, there was a couple more that asked about color and they said, does she like blue or green better? So they like kind of knew that you like green already. That's wild. Uh, Let's see. I'll pick one more. What is your favorite thing about living in LA? The walkability. I just love that. It kind of feels like a giant college campus. I like, that's what it feels like to me. I feel like all the different areas are the different areas of campus. Everybody has their own major here and they're all studying to get into their career. And we're all just connecting and we have the social events and they feel like frat parties. And that's just what LA feels like to me. It feels like a giant college campus, but it's super fun. And I love walking everywhere and just being super close to everybody. That is so true. I never thought about it like that. That is such a good comparison. It really does feel like everybody's just like so focused and working on their own things. And just like, it's this collective high energy vibe that's always going on no matter where you go. And like somehow somebody, you all know each other. Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Knows each other in LA. It's crazy. 
for sure. I love that. Okay. That is all. There's like so many more, but we don't have time for more. So we'll have to do a part two with rapid fire questions someday. If you ever want to come back on again, Uh, (laughs) but we'll end the episode how we always do. I want you to leave my listeners and your listeners for this episode with a little weekly challenge. So I like to just give them something, whether it's physical, mental, nutritional, whatever it is to just give them a challenge for the week to really try to feel their best um, in any way possible. So if you have something to leave them with, let me know. Absolutely. If you follow me on Instagram, I say this all the time, but If I'm working out in the gym, whatever I'm doing, I always like to say 10 to 15 minutes afterwards to play. And when I say play, I literally mean playing. So I'm doing headstands. I'm doing handstands. I'm doing cartwheels. I'm trying tricep dips. If I'm terrible at them, I'm doing whatever new moves I want to do. But I'm just playing with myself and trying so many new movements and it's so much fun and it makes it just a little bit more carefree. And you would honestly be amazed by how much you can learn what you can learn to do with your body in that 10 to 15 minutes after a couple of weeks. Like I've mastered my handstands. I'm good at headstands and the core strength I've gotten from these things. I just really recommend doing it and maybe you'll fall in love with a new type of movement from it. So (laughs) I love that so much. I'm for sure going to take your advice on that. I'm going to do that this week too. If you guys do find yourself playing at the end of a workout or during anything, go ahead and tag us on your story. I really want to see what you get into, what little creative ways you can find time to play this week. So tag Tamara and I on a story and we'll repost you. We'll go see and connect with you guys on there. We love to do that. And then very last thing, Tamara, just go ahead and link all of the places they can find you if they're not already following you yet. So Instagram, YouTube, whatever you want them to see some of your content on going forward. Tamara Anthony on everything, just my name, YouTube, Um, Instagram, you got a double T in the front. Right. Tamara.Anthony with an extra Y. And then TikTok, I'm pretty sure it's Tamara Anthony with an extra A in the middle. But if you have my name, I'm sure you'll find me. <laughs> Perfect. I'll actually, I'll go ahead and link um, her profiles in the show notes too. So you can go click on that and follow her if you can't find her. But Tamara, thank you so, so much. Genuinely, like I told you before, selfishly, I wanted to talk to you and catch up and just hear about all this. But I just know this episode is going to bless so many people and it's going to be really impactful and valuable to other people. So thank you so much for coming on, being vulnerable, sharing your story, sharing the hard things, the beautiful things, and yeah, just being really vulnerable through it all with us. Yes, of course. This is so much fun. I'm sorry for crying again. I really didn't stop. Know how you, create you can't say sorry. It's such a safe space. I just had to let it out. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You are the best. We'll talk soon. Bye. Love you.